With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Some very, very interesting news from earlier in the week that I want to spend a good bit of time on because it relates to what the fans want to see versus what Penn State and James Franklin want to see. It's a discussion really we've had for a lot of years. And I always think it's fascinating just because it, it shows the disconnect really between kind of what sports should be whenever you're forking over thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go to games versus the reality of what these coaches and teams really want. What it, What is it that I'm talking about? So a few days ago, it was reported that uh, the Big Ten – is, quote, strongly considering getting rid of a a, a requirement that its teams play one Power Five conference team every year in the non-conference. All right, so this is where things get fascinating because I'm here to tell you, whether you want to hear it or not, that James Franklin wants the path of least resistance to get to the college football playoff. If he could play Delaware and Kent State and Buffalo in the non-conference or teams like that every year, James Franklin would sign up for that in a heartbeat. What would you, the fans, think of it, though? And that's where things get fascinating on this discussion. I've had this uh, debate with a lot of fans for a lot of years, really, because fans want to turn up to Beaver Stadium and see Auburn like you did a couple years ago. Uh, I was there for Alabama. What was that? 2011 when Alabama visited. Uh, Notre Dame visited 07, maybe it was. Uh, and there, there have been some, some really high quality opponents visit Beaver Stadium and it'd be awesome. Look, it'd be awesome if somebody like an Oklahoma or a Clemson or somebody, I mean, whatever, pick, pick any program if there could be a really cool home and home series against that team. The Auburn series was fantastic. I made the trip down to Auburn last year, the return trip. We had a blast. I actually drove. Oh my gosh. Uh, had a, I have a couple of friends who are Penn State season ticket holders and they rode with me. So we drove down to Auburn, Alabama, which was just nuts. But anyway, my point is that fans want to see Penn State 
have a home and home against Auburn. Auburn comes to Beaver Stadium and then Penn State goes to Auburn a year later. That's really cool. But what if Penn State loses that game? That is what James Franklin is concerned about. That is when I say he wants the path of least resistance, that that's what I'm talking about. So can you get to a college football playoff by going the path of least resistance? That's really what all this comes down to with James Franklin, because fans, you, you just kind of expect Penn State's got to play three non-conference games. You just kind of expect two of them are going to be cupcakes and a lot of fans want the school to give them one other quality opponent, one uh, name, name brand, again, an Auburn, an Notre Dame, somebody like that. All right. But James Franklin knows better. He knows full well that if he plays Delaware and Kent State and Buffalo, he can still get to the playoff. So why risk playing a marquee opponent that you might lose to? So this this would start in 2024, what I said earlier about the Big Ten strongly considering doing away with the requirement of playing a Power Five conference team in the non-con. This would start in 2024, okay? That's when the college football playoff will expand to 12. This is what I keep coming back to over and over in a lot of these types of discussions is that all Penn State's got to do is go 10-2 and two. against anybody, 10-2. and two. You go 10-2. and two, Probably 85, 90% of the time, that's going to be enough to get in, to finish in the top 12 and earn a burst in the college football playoff. So why would you risk playing a really outstanding opponent in the non-con if you can just go 3-0 and against Cupcakes and then play a high-quality schedule in the Big Ten that, look, if you go 10-2, and two, yeah, you, you might lose to Ohio State and maybe you lose to Michigan. Maybe you lose to Ohio State and USC. You can still get seven other good wins maybe against a Michigan State or a Michigan or an Iowa, depending on who you lose to or whatever. There there could would still be enough uh, leeway to get to seven other wins and go 3-0 in the non-con. Now you're 10-2. and two. And sure, maybe you're finishing 10th, 11th, 12th in uh, the college football playoff ranks, but you still have a seat at the table for the playoff. This has been a long-standing Debate for Penn State fans because if you're forking over, I have a, I have a friend, I have a, a, a family. They have four season tickets. They spend roughly six thousand dollars on their season tickets. That tickets, Nitty Line Club uh, donation, and uh, the parking, you know, which is expensive too. So they spend six grand. All right, do they deserve one of those three non-conference games to be a marquee opponent? Well. Actually, these particular fans, they really wouldn't care. They love the tailgating and they just love the atmosphere anyway. And I think a lot of fans fall into that category, too. That I mean, out of the 107,000 fans, how many of them are perfectly fine beating the hell out of Delaware and Kent State and Buffalo every year? Okay, and if you never give them a pit or a West Virginia this year or a Notre Dame or an Oklahoma or an Alabama or whatever, if you never give them just put no Delaware, Kent State, Buffalo. And you're going to go three and zero. And if you go ten and two, you're going to go to the plus. Out of 107,000 fans that go to games, what percentage of those fans would be okay with it? Yeah, you might grumble and you might get a little pissy, and I, I want to see somebody better than these teams every year. But at the end of the day, if you're getting to the college football playoff, that's what James Franklin's ultimate goal is: get a seat at the table, see how you get in the tournament, 
make your run then. But but Penn State's also, hey, Geiger, Penn State's also got to pay the bills. Penn State's also got to get 107,000 fans. And are you going to do that if you play Delaware, Kent State, and Buffalo every year? Well, yeah, you are. I mean, what what would make you think otherwise? What do, 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 you, do you honestly believe if Penn State's playing three cupcakes in the non-con every year, that all of a sudden five or 10,000 people are going to give up their season tickets? No, I, I, I've never believed that. I've joked for a long time that I can go get 22 random dudes at Walmart. And if they put a uniform on and go play, play, play Penn State at Beaver Stadium, you're going to have 100 plus thousand fans there because that's just that's how rabid the Penn State fan base is. So, again, this is this is kind of long been, been the the issue with Penn State needing to sell tickets and needing all the money from 107,000 fans versus what the coach wants, what James Franklin specifically. And look, James has talked about this numerous times on numerous occasions that, hey, he, he he's never come flat out said, yeah, I'll play three cupcakes every year. But he, you know, he has, has made no bones about not necessarily wanting to play, you know, some of these uh, major college football programs path of least resistance so uh, drop me a comment in the in the comment section here you can shoot me a text or an email I, I had a good discussion with some fans on social media the other day when this broke about what is it you would like to see with regards to the non-con and and i look i think i think that uh, to be honest i think most diehard rabid penn state fans truly understand what james franklin is thinking does that mean they wouldn't be griping having to play delaware kent state and buffalo all the time Oh, sure, they would still be griping. But if Penn State can get to a college football playoff eight out of ten years playing anybody, then that's a good scenario. Welcome back. I want to talk to you about something in this segment that to me is absolutely pathetic. I'll get back to Penn State football in the third segment. I've got an interesting discussion for you there. But I want to dive into the Bob Huggins situation at West Virginia. Now, look, I realize there might be some of you, heck, there might be a lot of you that will disagree with what I am going to state pretty adamantly here for the next few minutes, and that's fine. I never have any trouble with people disagreeing. But I think West Virginia University absolutely dropped the ball in a pathetic and just ridiculous manner by not firing Bob Huggins after his ludicrous comments on a Cincinnati radio show earlier in the week. So... Many of you, you already know what he said. He was talking to uh, some old-time radio guy in Cincinnati who I read a lot about him. His name's Bill Cunningham. He apparently uh, just causes all kinds of trouble out there and says all kinds of crazy things. But, hey, look, that's what a lot of people want in their radio hosts. Say a lot of crazy things, uh, anger people. Uh, Hey, look, that's what a lot of people do want in our society. So Bob Huggins is talking about Xavier uses 
a homophobic slur twice, laughs about it, uh, also talking about Catholics. So he's offending two groups of people there. And then these idiot radio hosts. <laughs> Isn't he the best? <laughs> Pathetic. Pathetic. I, I, okay. I would like to say that I'm not surprised West Virginia chose not to fire Bob Huggins because I know how things work in sports. I know how, you know, they say in life that everybody's replaceable. Well, maybe in some scenarios, in terms of tearing things down, there are sports entities out there that feel certain people are irreplaceable. Because think think this through. I'm, uh, before I just completely rip West Virginia for not doing it, here's probably what West Virginia's thinking. If they fire Bob Huggins, they lose their entire basketball team. They face a two to three to four to five year rebuild with the next coach. And maybe West Virginia basketball is irrelevant for a while. And look, Huggins has done a pretty good job and they, they have a, a nice national basketball program. You fire him, you run the risk of uh, falling apart for a few years. West Virginia didn't want to do that. So they stood behind Bob Huggins and his bigoted comments that were absurd that basically if 99%, 99 99.999% of the people in this country said it, they would be fired pretty much that same day. But you just got the feeling when West Virginia didn't fire Bob Huggins that day, didn't fire him the next day, you just had to get a feeling that Bob Bob Huggins is going to survive this. He's going to still be the coach at West Virginia. And sure enough, he will be. They docked his pay a million dollars a year. He's going to, I think he was suspended, what, three games, which is a joke. I, just for the record, okay, I am not offended by much. I do think we live in a woke society, and I'm not happy about that. I think we live in a cancer, a cancel culture. Sorry, I misspoke there. Cancel culture society, and I'm not really happy about that. And so this, and, and because look, I do understand this, and this is why some of you listen to this, you're not at all offended. You're not at all mad that West Virginia didn't fire Bob Huggins. Maybe you're happy. Maybe you agree with what he said. I don't know. Maybe you're happy that the woke cancel culture was not able to bring down this particular person. I, I get that. We have, we have a lot of people in this country that are so sick of the woke culture that if you say something, it shouldn't really destroy your life. But just think about what he said. Think about the complete and total and pathetic lack of leadership, of judgment, of understanding. I don't care how old you are or how long you've been doing something. If you're such a dumbass that you're going to go on a radio station and say that twice and laugh. He didn't misspeak. He, he, he wasn't quoted out of context. How much of a dumbass do you have to be in 2023 to go and say that on the radio? 
that's a person you want leading young men. And so I, I just have a lot of problems with this. I am not somebody that is easily offended. You know what offends me? I've said this many times, probably on the podcast. You know what offends me? People who are always looking to be offended. And there are a lot of people like that in our society. There are a lot of people that wake up and they can't wait to be offended by something. They get on Twitter, oh, I'm offended by this. They get on Facebook, oh, I'm offended by that. They go to their workplace, oh, I'm offended by you. I'm offended by my boss. I'm offended by this person. A lot of people in this country can't wait to be offended by something. I'm I'm offended. My over-under is probably like, 4.5 times per year. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not offended by a whole heck of a lot. I am offended by dumbasses who go on a radio station and use a homophobic slur like that twice in the year 2023, not 1983, not 1993. In 2023, this leader of young men, the highest paid public employee in the state of West Virginia, shows that kind of pathetic judgment and leadership in saying what he said. Something that would get 99.9999% of people fired. If you said that, no matter who you are, I mean, unless you're one particular politician whose name I will not speak, who can basically get away with anything he ever says and is still able to kind of come out on top the other way, unless you're him, basically, if you say what Bob Huggins said, you're going to get fired. Your, your life is going to be hell because... The woke mob and other people are going to, they're, they're going to make your life miserable. And your employer, no matter who you are, who you, where you work, your employer is going to say, I'm not dealing with you with that kind of, that kind of issue. He's able to keep his job though, man. I, I find that whole thing extremely disturbing. I am offended by it and I'm offended by his stupidity, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm offended. That this person, oh, he's got to go through sensitivity training now. Okay, good luck with that. I'm offended that this person in 2023 just wouldn't know better. And should he have been fired? Absolutely. I absolutely believe he should have been fired. Many of you maybe don't. That's okay. Maybe you're glad that the woke crowd did not win out this time. But man, oh man, uh, what a... Horrible, horrible look for West Virginia University to show that it only cares about basketball, that it can turn a a blind eye to bigoted comments like that. And yet you're supposed to be an institution of higher learning. I wrote this on Twitter the other day. Look, folks, we can sit here and make all the jokes in the world we want about West Virginia. I'm from Arkansas. My favorite thing about West Virginia is they take a lot of jokes away from Arkansas because Arkansas is the butt of a lot of jokes for, for people. But West Virginia certainly is the butt of a lot of jokes. And that decision with Bob Huggins is a reason why.
third and final segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. What would you do? Gonna play along here. Let you think about your life as a 20-year-old young whippersnapper in college. What were you do? What would you do if you were Olu Fashanu? Olu would have been a top 10 pick, most likely, maybe top five or seven, had he come out in the NFL draft this year as an offensive tackle. I looked it up. Contract for a top five pick, I believe, was $32 million. Top 10 pick, I think, was around $24, $25 million. What would you do? Take yourself back to your college days. Ah, you're having fun in your dorm, whatever it was you were doing in your dorm. (laughs) I'll let your imagination run wild. But you're having fun, screwing around with all your friends, doing anything under the sun. Hopefully you were going to class, but college college can be a lot of fun. Uh, Some people just don't want to be in college any longer, though, especially some athletes who have been there and College football players, college basketball players, they've got what amounts to a full-time job playing their sport and then having to balance the academics as well. What would you do, 20 years old, you could leave right now? Hey, Joe Lunchbucket, Jane Lunchbucket, here's your option right now. You can leave Penn State right now, and you're going to get a $25 million job. What would you do? <laughs> I, I always find that to be okay. So Olu, okay, is coming back to Penn State. He's going to graduate this spring, I believe. He said it was maybe summer, and then work on his master's degree next fall. And so we can sit there and say, "Oh, congratulations, good for you, young man. You've got your priorities in order." And hey, hey, look, Olu's a very smart guy. Um, I absolutely value people who, uh, or, or, or appreciate people who value the education. So, and I'm, in no way am I joking about that. I've stopped calling them student athletes. I call them athlete students because I think the vast majority of these folks are there to be an athlete first nowadays and a student second. So I do congratulate Olu for coming back, wants to finish his degree. Um, but the, the decision was pretty stunning. He made the decision. Uh, I think it was November 28th, less than two weeks before his 20th birthday. So he's 19 years old. And Olu, Olu's only started nine games in college. All right. So Olu, for as much hype and 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 attention as he's received, he started one game a couple years ago, eight games last year. Then he missed the final five games in 2022 when he was injured. So uh, I, there's absolutely things that Olu... Fashionu can improve on in 2023. But that's not really the question I'm asking you. If you could be the number five, seven, nine pick in, in the draft, go get a 25 to $30 million contract, how many of you are signing up for that ASAP? I would. I, absolutely, I would. Because it, I hate to say this because you just never know. I think at worst, Olu was the 10th pick. And again, I think that came with a rather $25 million contract. I don't know how much was guaranteed. But what if Olu comes back and, you know, maybe he's real, uh, maybe he has a good season, but not necessarily a great season, falls a little bit. I, I remember Donovan Smith. Now, look, 
Donovan, it's worked out for Donovan Smith in the NFL. He, he's been a good player, won a Super Bowl. I think he signed a $50 million contract or something like that. Uh, he, he's, he's made his money. So it has worked out for him. But Donovan Smith, if you remember when he came back for his final year at Penn State, he wasn't real, he wasn't real good. I remember Donovan Smith was, you know, a lot of people were on Donovan Smith. What was this around 2014, 15, give or take? A lot of people were on Donovan Smith. He's playing inconsistent. He doesn't look anything like he, like he, uh, the hype and everything. So what happens if that happens to Olu Fashionu and he drops from number seven, eight, nine, ten all the way to number 30 or 50 or 70 or whatever? You know, who knows? It is a gamble. The, the issue is it's a gamble. You're playing football. It's a vicious sport. Anything could happen. Yes, you're going to get your degree. That's wonderful. But your degree is not going to make you $25 million. Can we agree on that? Unless it's some very rare situation, you're getting your degree is not going to get you a $25 million contract. And you can always come back and get your degree in five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. I think Jerome Bez just finished his Notre Dame degree in the last year. All right, so the question I'll ask you is, to me, this is pretty simple. Uh, what what would you do? Joe Lunchbucket, Jane Lunchbucket, aren't you taking that money and leaving college? <laughs> oh, man, absolutely. Hey, uh, the NFL's loss for now, Penn State's gain. I just wrote about the depth chart preview for the offensive line at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Go read that. Olu probably will be a first-team all Amer- preseason All-American and uh, Penn State's offensive line should be good. No, hell has not frozen over, as I wrote. But uh, finally, we, we're, we're going to enter a season where we think Penn State's offensive line is going to be really, really good. All because, or in large part because, Olu turned down $25 bucks. I think he's crazy. But hopefully that money will be down there for him next year. Folks, appreciate you tuning in to this week's podcast. We'll catch up again next week. We'll be right back.